Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry and joining me today, as always, we got Stoner and Trev here. Uh, I'm not a part of the Backwards Hat Club and I, I greatly apologize for that, but I'm rocking a not a goatee. Maybe I, that's what I should do is I should get the, the Dan Quinn goatee here. On episode 159, we've got the whole new experience a new era here in washington as they've hired dan quinn since our last episode full episode they've hired dan quinn they've hired cliff kingsbury and joe witt jr and now we've got to talk about what's next that's going to be in the cool down we're going to be going over cliff kingsbury and joe witt jr in the game and we're going to talk dan quinn here in the warm-up spoiler alert caleb williams talk gonna happen in the cool down and during the coordinator talk, one of us, at least one of us, doesn't like Cliff Kingsbury. So all of that is your spoiler. Let's get into it with Dan Quinn here. Trev, you and I, not on board for yeah. the hire, right? We right. This was not right. the hire that we were looking for. We've had nope. some time to digest it, though. Yep. He's had his press conference. A lot of people starting to kind of come on board with, after the press conference. Are you one of them? I, I am. I kind of compare it to, well, first of all, I want to make this announcement. I'm bringing something back to the show that's been missing for quite a while. And it's Fresca. Fresca. I got it back. Guys. Fresca nice. is back. Nice. <laughs> nah, but to Dan Quinn, I'm kind of comparing it to like food. You know, you heard about it. You've seen other people taste it. Some liked it, some didn't. So now you get a serving of it. You taste it. You're like, I don't know. Let me go eat something else and come back to it. And you come back to it and you're like, you know, it's actually starting to taste pretty good. That's what it is with Dan Quinn with me. I was not sold before the press conference. Just like EB. I was, I mean, I was kind of sold, but once I heard the press conference, I was on board. But for this one, I was not on board. The track record from Atlanta, the 28-3 Super Bowl, coming from Dallas. You know, we don't want Dallas, you know, another trash, another man's treasure in this case. But that press conference, man. It felt real. It felt authentic. It didn't feel like he was saying the right things just to be saying the right things because he got the job. It didn't seem like he sounded like he was really passionate about being in Washington after realizing the markers that were on his checklist to be a head coach again. We provided that. So he was like, mm -hmm. I want to be there. And that's really good to hear coming from a, a head coaching candidate. Um, I'm not sure if Ron said it or a previous one say like they want to be here, but like if they did, it didn't sound as authentic as Dan Quinn. So. I'm on board. You've heard nothing but great things. And it's good because the things you hear are like football related. It's not like when you heard Ron Rivera, leader of men, quote unquote, discipline, great guy, da 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 da. But for Dan Quinn, it's like he makes, he brings the best out of his players. All the positive things you've heard about are about football. And that's what we need in this organization. We don't need a nice guy mm -hmm. to come in and just have a job. We need a football guy to come in and do the football job. And I believe Dan Quinn after that press conference is the guy to do that. Well, we have Brian uh, looking in on Stoner's health here. He, Stoner's got the stogie. He's got the backwards hat going. And Brian wants to know, has Stoner fixed the wall he ran through during the press conference yet? Stoner, is that wall fixed yet? Did you patch it up? No, no. I'm going to leave it as a reminder of everything that he did in that press conference. I'm sure the it's all talk, right? The press conference was great. But I thought we were going to start off with the, uh, we we're going to start like a movement, like a hashtag, like stoner was right. 
Can we start that <laughs> hashtag that Stoner was? That's why I'm smoking the cigar over here. It's a victory cigar for okay. trying oh to. Now, I didn't get I didn't get the name right, but I got right. the style of what I think that this team should do. CEO coach, that was a big one. CEO you nailed coach, that. A leader type guy, mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. with the experience, and that's what they ended up doing. And I'm I'm super excited about Dan Quinn. He wasn't on my top three list. Mine was Harbaugh, Rabel, and Raheem Morris. But he's the same the same type of guy. Sure. A guy who's going to come in. And, and it, what I think is kind of funny, and I'm just kind of goofing around with the whole Stoner was right deal, but, but I think it's funny how the NFL is shifting again in terms of its coaches. They went through this phase of hiring – when, when Sean McVay got the job and he ended up going to a Super Bowl and then eventually winning a Super Bowl, the, the you know, that started this whole thing about we have to hire the 35-year-old offensive coordinator, boy genius, analytics guru, go for it all the time on fourth down. And that's what they ended up doing. But it failed so many times. It's done well in some places, Sean McVay, of course. But it's failed so many times. Now they're going back to, you know what? I want my coach to coach the team. And then I want my offensive coordinator to coach the offense. And I want my defensive coordinator to coach the defense. And that's what you get with a Dan Quinn. He's he, not he said as much. He's not going to call the defense. He's le leaving that to wit. And he just wants to he wants to take care of the things, the in-game situation things. Right. He wants to focus on that. But Stoner, it didn't really work with the previous guy. Right. I think that's why we wanted to go Doesn't back to that, that younger. You're right. I will say I Gus Gus Bus was just like, hey, we wanted McDonald. Let's face it. The team seemed to like McDonald. They wanted yeah. to call that there's reports that maybe they even offered him something that they've, they contacted him on his way to Seattle and he took the Seattle job. They, some people have reported that it could have been, you know, we offered him three years. He wanted the longer contract. But the point I think was for McDonald was once he was headed to Seattle, that was a done deal. Yeah. We, we weren't winning that battle anymore. Right. He but wanted Seattle more than yes. We he wanted Washington, and I don't think. I honestly don't necessarily believe a lot of that. I don't necessarily believe all the team raw raw stuff that we're hearing as well, where Quinn was their first choice and all this other stuff and and whatnot. They were very thorough with their their process. That part we can agree with. They definitely yeah. were not rapid, and some names might have been kind of taken away from them. We heard some about Raheem Morris. Might have been a guy that they liked, but Atlanta was willing to offer him a contract prior to McDonald and Johnson becoming available. And so Washington was like, no, we're going to stick with the process. Right. Uh, that was Albert Breer on Monday uh, morning quarterback who kind of uh, led us into that kind of information here. I do think they landed a guy that they wanted, though. Make no mistake mm -hmm. about that. Quinn might not have been the first choice. Okay, there might have been some others there, but Quinn absolutely was a guy I think was higher on their list than any one of ours. Mm -hmm. and, sure. and all you have to do is go back to Adam Peters' comments 
about how what they were looking for. They were like, we want a leader. We want this. They told us from the get-go what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And we chose to ignore that and go with the new convention of, like you said, the younger, the hot ticket. You know, people really ran wild with the Ben Johnson thing. Now I think we're going in the opposite direction where people are really tearing down Ben Johnson, which I don't think is fair to him. I, I don't agree with how he he pulled his name out of the, the hat and, right. you know, the reports of, like, the text message and everything. But I think people maybe need to back off a little bit there. But we got Dan Quinn. And, and I've seen the sentiment uh, locked on law, I think, put it out there, right? Where it's just like, I'm, I'm with Dan Quinn because I have no other choice. And okay. I'm a little bit of that, but I also mm. don't gr- agree with the sense that you can't be, you can't, you don't have to rock with Quinn because we don't have a choice. You can choose not to rock with him mm-hmm. and not like what he brings. But we're still in the stage of optimism right right now, right? Because we, you know, the season hasn't started. We're 17-0 and until we find out otherwise. Yeah. And Dan Quinn has experience leading a team. He's done something that Washington hasn't done for three decades. He's ha- He has an 11-1 season. That's under right. His belt. And I egregiously, I said that he doesn't, he's not led a defense that I really think has been one of the greats. And you all were trying to tell me Seattle. Uh, and I didn't really give him credit for that. I mean, he did have the Legion of Boom, and that's probably got a couple, you know, two or three different Hall of Famers on it. So I can't, I'm not going to necessarily give him all of his credit. But when you actually break down the statistics of what he did, what he did even did in Atlanta. He really did have solid defenses. He has solid defenses in Dallas where they were bottom of the league and he brought them up to being a top 10, top five unit. Solid is not giving him enough credit, Nathan. These were by all metrics, all analytics, your your basic stats and your analytical stats, top five defense, 2021, 2022, 2023. Now they couldn't come up big in the playoffs. And this year they weren't good against the best teams, but they were fantastic defenses. They weren't, he did a good job with them. He did a great job with the Dallas defense. He did a great job with the Seattle defense. He did not do a great job those last couple of years in Atlanta with that defense. But one of the best things that he said in that press conference and was reported and talked about is that after that Atlanta job, instead of just being all big headed and having this ego and saying, when I get my next chance, you know, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And no, he did a, they call it a A 360 review. Yeah. Right. So it's going to look at Logan Paulson. He's going to do, he looked at everything good and everything bad that he did. He's going to learn from it and he's going to change some things and he's not going to be so stubborn with his offense that worked for a little while and then when it stopped working, he was too stubborn and he just kept with it. He's not going to do that anymore. He's not going to call the plays anymore because he wants to focus more on the management of the game. That's that's unheard of, really, to have a coach say that, that they had an basically outside influence of people looking at what you did and then you taking that and learning from it and say, the next time I get my chance, I'm going to make some changes and I'm going to do better. I think that's a that's a huge advantage to why you got to like this hire of Dan Quinn. And I've loved it from the beginning. I thought it was a great hire. 
especially the style. You guys killed me when I said I want a Ron Rivera type style coach. And you were, I like, mean, you really let off with the wrong, wrong foot there. Well, you know, it was for a little bit of shock value just to get your attention, but that's oh, okay. exactly what I thought this team needed <laughs> was that style of coach was a Ron Rivera type coach, not Ron sure. Rivera's results, but the, the whole thing about being a CEO type coach, but there's so many great qualities, Nathan, that, that he has the, the, the guys he's coached under think of all the different guys that he's coached under that we looked at Pete Carroll, uh, Super Bowl champion and, and um, college champion. Dennis Erickson, college champion. Uh, Steve Mariucci, did he win a Super Bowl as head coach in I, San Fran? I can't remember. Coordinator. No. Maybe as a coordinator. Uh, Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl champion. Uh, Jim Mora, we got to the Super Bowl. I don't think he won a Super Bowl. Nick Saban, six-time um, NCAA champion. You know, These are the guys he's worked for. And then think about the staffs that he's put together with the likes of Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, guys like that. Raheem Morris was his defensive coordinator for a little bit in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who has worked for the right people and has learned and a guy who has gotten, who, who has figured out how to put together a great staff. He has. That is absolutely. That, I said it. That was my positive mm -hmm. when trashing him last week. I said I've been. I'm trying to look for something positive. Yeah. In a Dan, if if Washington were get to get Dan Quinn, because we we didn't have a candidate when we we're doing this last Wednesday. Dan Quinn was number one on the list at that point, and it was just I was trying to find something good, and I said he could hire a good staff, and we're going to talk about that staff in the game. So I'm not going to want to get there. But the I mentioned the Legion Boom thing, Grim uh, Grimjaw here. Uh, I don't necessarily like he does get credit for that defense in Seattle. What I was pointing out was that that defense happened to have players of a caliber that even Joe Barry could probably put together a solid defense. Jack Del Rio, the 2024 Jack Del Rio couldn't screw that one up. So that's that's all I was going oh, for I there. Mean, yeah, that's, an age old question. that's an age-old question. Is it the, is it the player? Is it the yeah. players? Well, is it Tommy, T, Tommy T here with uh, the continuation on that. The players from the Legion of Boom said it was Dan Quinn. Yeah. All right. And they're not the only ones who had high praise for Dan Quinn. You mentioned Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan. He was asked about Dan Quinn. He said great things. Matt mm -hmm. Ryan was saying great things. You've got Logan Paulson who's been talking nothing but good about Dan Quinn, the entire hiring process. Trev, what does it what mean up? to you that we have a, a coach, a head coach that so many people have gone out of the way, Micah Parsons, as well as some of those former mm -hmm. uh, Seattle players, KJ Wright, uh, as an example, mm -hmm. who've just talked just glowingly about Dan Quinn and love that he got a second chance because they know that he deserves the opportunity. And he's a good head coach. Um, whatever is in lockstep with the, the vision of the GM in the front office, if Dan Quinn's the guy, Dan Quinn's the guy. And it's pretty cool that Dan Quinn is that guy because from outside looking in first glance, like we were, me and you, Nathan, we were like, Oh, we don't want Dan Quinn. Like, no, 28 degree Super Bowl, like all that stuff that's come back. We're like, no, no, no. But it was nice to hear from the front office and the GM spot mentioning and going to detail what they're looking for in the head coach and then to hear how Dan Quinn meets that criteria to a T. I'm on board. 
um, when Ron Rivera was hired, it was all about culture. It wasn't anything else like detail as the vision as this new regime has. And it's just like, oh, he's been to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. Let's hire him. He's, you know, a good defense guy. They did their due diligence and very detailed in what they're looking for. And Dan Quinn fits the bill in every single category, which is very surprising, but also helpful now as being a fan of this organization because now we know who, who Dan Quinn really is. Instead of just, oh, he's the guy who lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady mm-hmm. to three. You know what I mean? So I'm on board still. I'm excited. Um, he's picked a good staff like we're going to get to. That's cool. Um, you know, they didn't promote a lot of people from within. How, like, it's just, it's just a nice, new, good feeling again. Like, and I know we keep getting Ashburn with all these press conferences and all this sure. stuff. But this one, for real, just seems, like, real and authentic. Like, he saw how excited he was getting off the plane. Like, he was surprised yeah. that Adam, Adam Peters, Peters met him. came out to the plane. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen. I mean, I'm sure it happened to real, but it doesn't happen in Washington. So for that to happen, that's cool. And then, you know, he's there to, when he gets to meet Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt. Like, Peter's always there. Like, it's just a good thing, a good thing to see. It feels like we're actually becoming a, an NFL football organization for once. So. And I think the, the what also noticed in that press conference is really the synergy between Peters and Quinn, which is mm-hmm. incredibly important to a football team, especially a team starting all over, that you've got a brand new general manager who's getting his first shot and you've got this new coach who's coming in and they, you could see that connection that they Mm -hmm. were, that they're going to work together. Well, that they're not going to be button heads. They're not going to have a power struggle. It's not going to be a situation. I mean, if Bill Belichick comes in here, for example, and he Mm -hmm. sits there and he's having this conversation with Adam Peters, it just, you you probably could just tell it wasn't going to work because there'd be a power struggle. And I think that's also kind of where it came down to when they decided to make the hire for this coach is that if Adam Peters doesn't feel it with, for example, Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or a uh, Anthony Weaver, any of these guys, Mm -hmm. he just doesn't feel it. Then it's not going to work regardless of what the public thinks and regardless of maybe what Josh Harris thinks, because Josh Harris also has to think about, the uh, the selling of this whole organization in terms he's going to be able to sell Ben Johnson way better than he's able to sell Dan Quinn when it comes to season tickets when it comes to just getting a fan base to buy in Ben Johnson would have been the pick for that if you're sure. Josh Harris but Adam Peters is making this decision you know Adam Peters mm-hmm. is making this decision almost yeah. fully. and so you see that synergy between the two that they have to work together, that they're going to have to figure out the roster and the quarterback and, and all these other mm-hmm. things, assistant coaches, but you can see them that they're, that they're going to work together and you could get that sense in that press conference. And yeah, I think there was there was no, a- I'm sorry. There was no like sudden awkwardness, no sudden quiet time. Like when they were mm-hmm. questioning about quarterback and stuff, it was just like, they knew, which questions to attack without even being like, hey, you want to, you know, it's just like, boom, boom. You just are like you were saying something, the chemistry is like already there, it seems like. And I think that's important to note and because a lot of people want to say that Dan Quinn is just Ron Rivera 2.0. And I can understand exactly. some of the similarities that people are trying to draw upon when it comes to that. Even Stoner himself was just like, he's a Ron Rivera type coach in that CEO aspect. Mm-hmm. But 
Stoner, you had an excellent quote that we had shared where it was that Ron Rivera came in. It was a coach-centric approach. He got to be the GM and he got to be the head coach. And it didn't work out. He was he 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 burned down the kitchen. He bought the groceries and then when the it came time to, to mm-hmm. fix dinner, he burned down the kitchen. Right. And this time, Dan Quinn's not buying the groceries. Adam Peters is buying the groceries. So just go ahead and let Dan Quinn cook. That's all he needs to do, right? He just needs to take what the general manager gives him and put put it together on the field and coach him up. Yep. Yeah. And and I think that one of those things that you guys talk about with the chemistry that is there, and one of the reasons Dan Quinn's the hire and maybe not of Rabel who is a respected coach and a lot of people expected to be picked up this coaching cycle is that Dan Quinn has the awareness. And I think that was the biggest thing I took away from Mm. the press conference was that he's aware, right? We talked about the fact that he did that, that, that 360 review Mm -hmm. and he talked with players. Logan Paulson was only on the team for like a year, if that, Right. right. And he talked with him. He talked with the other players. He's like, what didn't go right? What didn't go wrong? He talked up and he, we, he really wanted to figure it out. And that brought some awareness to him. He realized after the Super Bowl, when he decided to take on some of those GM type responsibilities, he, he mucked up. He mm-hmm. really did. He really, and he knew he, that was a mistake. And rem, I remember this from the interview process. They talked about what went wrong and he understood once Kyle Shanahan left, he didn't have a replacement for him. He didn't have a plan for what would happen when he lost a premier talent in the coordinator position. And in, he kind of gave a way forward for that. And I think those things were, were really good at winning over the front office, winning over uh, Harris and Adam Peters and whatnot. Winning over fans is going to take a while. Winning over fans is going to be December timeframe. Where's the team at? Sure. You know, have they been competitive in games? Are they winning games? That's what's going to win, I think, more fans over to this. Those ones who are still on the fence, those ones who are waiting. I I still I want wins. That's what I want. I do think that that Dan Quinn appears to be the right hire. He's not the exciting hire. He's not what we we're really hoping for, but I do think that he was absolutely the right hire for Washington right now. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to wait and see this one out. I'm not sitting on the fence for this one. I'm on Dan Quinn's side, but I would like to see this actually have the effects here. T- you got a point to this or can I get to TJ's comment? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. TJ here was, why did it take him three plus years to get another head coaching job? Trev, I don't know if you remember or you shared it in our group here. He had opportunities, right? And he actually decided not to go seek those opportunities because he wanted to spend some time kind of getting things together. Do you think that that is a good thing for Washington that he didn't jump right back in the saddle? Heck yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a year for due diligence. And that's exactly what our front office, I mean, GM has done. And that's exactly what Dan Quinn has done the past three years. He wants to get back into it, but he mentioned at the press conference why, because somebody said, why Washington? He was looking for certain markers that fit his criteria to make sure he was ready to go be a head coach again, and we were that opportunity. Not saying that uh, previous opportunities didn't have maybe a, a few things here and there that fit his markers, but 
he just didn't want to do it until the time was right and you take it and grab it and run like hell he said so that's what he did with us everything that we have provided for him to be successful here and to pitch to him to be a head coach was on his own checklist mm-hmm. and what he was it's like christmas he's been asking for this for, for three years for christmas and it finally came that's what it is so if that's just great to hear and this is weird that we're saying that and how excited we are because it probably happens a lot I mean, you see it in la rams with west speed and and Sean McVay, about, see it, we were excited see last see season it. for eric Bienemy. why not washington we all fell yeah. hook right. line and sinker so yeah. like to hear two years in a row that like well well-respected coaches want to come here and put their impact on this organization is just something good to hear and that you don't hear often in this yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good that he's a discerning coach. That he has the he has an ability to kind of look at situations and not just jump into something that uh, that that is cool. instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, whatever job comes up, whatever they offer me, I'm going for it. I don't care. He looked at no. these other opportunities last year and turned some down, or or at least took his name out of the running for certain jobs because he looked at it and he said it's just not quite the right fit. I want an owner that I'm that I feel comfortable that is committed to winning and given the resources to win. I want a general manager who I can be in lockstep with that I understand what they're doing and what their success has been in the past. And you can't deny Adam Peters' success any of the stops he's been uh, even though he hasn't been the main guy, but still any of the stops. And then being able to get with a um to get with a a, a heritage organization Okay, Washington hasn't done anything in 30 years, but Washington is definitely a heritage organization in the NFL, in the game of football. So you put all that together, and it's just a fantastic spot for him. He didn't worry about that he's going from a division rival to uh, of the Cowboys and coming to Washington and have to face his former team twice. He saw a perfect situation, and this is what he wanted, and he went after it. He went after it hard. He admittedly, he went after this job really hard. He didn't go after those other jobs hard. He went after this Washington job. That's what he saw. And we even talked about it um, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so, is Washington a uh of the seven choices that were out there, were they one of the best destinations in terms of where a coach would want to go? And we all thought they were one or two or maybe even three at worst. And I th- I think it kind of played out that you saw a guy like Dan Quinn trying to get this particular yeah. job only not any of those other jobs ended up being number one in gm world to for a job to get for a head coach it mm-hmm. seemed like we were going to be on the back burner and this process took forever and we we honestly thought once we got the head coaching position we thought hey maybe we're going to be out of luck getting some of the premier talent on the coordinator but one of the reasons why you hire Dan Quinn is those connections and the ability to get <laughs> coordinators. Stoner's going to stop this this beautiful transition. It was, here. but you forgot about. Remember, I had my. Uh, I, I wanted to ask a question earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Sorry that you couldn't do your your. We'll, your radio we'll get back to the beautiful transition yeah, a little yeah. bit. But I had a question for you guys, and we kind of brought it up before, and it's completely related to Dan Quinn. Um, but because he's not he wasn't necessarily Washington's first choice, yeah. right? And because he is a retread and because he's an older guy, I keep putting all those in air quotes, right? Yeah. Does that mean that he will have a shorter leash? Not from the fans perspective, 
because we don't care what the leash is. If you suck, you suck after two years. But from management, from Adam Peters, from Josh Harris in the group, will he have a shorter leash because he's not a young 36-year-old first-time head coach that maybe needs a little more seasoning? Does he have a shorter leash? Does it, Do you expect I'm, something after two years and then maybe you have to pull the plug, whereas with, for example, Ben Johnson might have got three or four years of a lot of losing because he's young, because he's a first-timer? Well, that's tough because that depends on how well does he do in those two years. Are you talking about if he's winning four, five, six games those two years, and yeah, he's probably gone. But if he's winning nine, ten, maybe 11 games, I don't think they get well, rid of I him. Mean, because... I mean, 11 games, he's going in the Hall of Fame. Okay, well then, make your question a little bit more detailed, but not people well, saying. I don't think so because – just shorter leash. Of the, I think because of – the way Dan Quinn interviewed and got to know Peters and how they became so trustworthy and kicked it off so well, that I think that Peters realized that Dan really wants to be successful. He really wants this. And I think that you don't give somebody a leash when you've done what Dan Quinn has said he's done, you know, taking a step back, being a, a defense coordinator, asking former players, what can I do better? What can I do worse? Doing the research on being a better head coach and then getting that opportunity and taking it. I think that you can't give somebody like that. I mean, it's a business, it's a business, but two years, if we win eight games next year and nine games next year, I, he might still stay just because that's still, it's an improvement and he's actually showing improvement as a okay. head coach. And as you know, but. I get that. I get that Trev, but, but let me rephrase it to you then Trev. Okay. Let me rephrase it. All right. Let's say next year they win five games. And the year after that, they win five games. Yeah. Right. So yeah. not much going on here, right? Yeah. Would you would you pull the plug on Dan Quinn faster? Faster, I'm talking about. Faster mm -hmm. than you would for an example, Ben Johnson, who again, what I'm trying to say is that he's a young guy, mm -hmm. first time at it. Maybe you he needs more room to grow. Does Dan Quinn get the plug pulled faster than a young guy would. If you're losing, uh, if you're still losing, would you, let me ask you tough. this. Would you, would you get rid of Dan Quinn if they won five games next year and five games the year after? I'm looking at coordinators. Okay. So would you get rid reason. of Ben Johnson if it was five wins next year and five years the year after? Yeah. I mean, would you look at it the same? I I'd, I would get rid of him because the difference is Dan's been a head coach before and Ben Johnson hasn't. So it's kind of a right. hard example. That means maybe Ben Johnson is not ready to be a head coach and you got to let him go and he can go maybe sit somewhere else or go back to coordinating. But Dan, I don't, I don't know, man. It's tough. All I right, don't know. Nathan. It's too early to tell. No, the, the leash isn't shorter. I actually brought this up several weeks ago in the process saying that a, you know, one of the knocks on a retread would, would be that you would not necessarily give them as long of a leash. Now that's really true for the fan base, but for the ownership, they're going to, especially with Josh Harris, a patient uh, individual wants to let process. this kind of ride out, see the process. He does not 
stick with Ron Rivera if he is a hasty decision maker. He would have cut that tie midseason, but he was promised to give him a year, got the year, cut, cut bay with them as the first uh, opportunity that he got postseason, right? And, and mm-hmm. so, but when it came to the leash thing, I was thinking more of a fan base-wise. Fan base-wise, you have a five-win season, you know, or even another three-win season with a new head coach, you likely are like, well, they still need things. Dan Quinn has experience. And if they have three wins and then five wins or back-to-back years of five, like you were pointing out, fans would be like, the first year you might be able to forgive. The second year, no, no, you've had time to put your people in place. You know better as a head coach. But with a new coach, you'd be like, maybe there's still something missing. Maybe they just need this one thing to click. With the ownership, with Adam Peters, there's going to be a lot more leeway. Spoiler alert for the question that we're actually going to ask in the cool down, the actual how far will this group take us, that's that's going to be in the cool down. But spoiler alert for me, I don't expect this this unit to go five wins and five wins. Okay. I do think we'll see marketed growth next season. And we're 17 and oh, until we find out otherwise anyways. But realistically speaking, I think that this group will be better because of Dan Quinn, his leadership, and I really can't believe I'm saying all this because just last last week, it's on tape. Last week I was hammering Dan Quinn. We hated him. But I I do think that this team is better off for having a Dan Quinn, and especially because in the, what I did say last week was a positive. He was the guy who couldn't go out and hire talent. That was one of his biggest traits here. And Dominique hits that. Having Dan Quinn gets you Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. And we're going to be talking about them here in the game. And spoiler alert, one of us, not a big fan of one of the hires. So stick around with us for the game. 